This podcast is presented by All Copy Products, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Learn more at allcopyproducts.com. To the 15 to the 10, Murray's going to score, touchdown! Welcome to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield going for Hopkins. One-handed catch and a touchdown! DeAndre Hopkins. The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Here we go. This is it. Caught by Kirk at the 20 at the 10. Touchdown. Oh, baby. How's that feel? Here's Craig Grealoux, Mike Jarecki, and Bertrand Berry. Well, two-thirds of that is correct. And if this was Major League Baseball going two or three, that's that's pretty darn good. But we are without Mike Jarecki this week and stepping up and filling in here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report. We are going to make his day. This is an all-time high now for Kyle Odegaard to be a part of myself and B-Train on the Cardinals Red Sea Report. You're welcome, Kyle. Yeah, I appreciate it. No intro is fine. I'm a simple man. I'm just here to talk. I don't need the big intro. Well, we leave the big intro for Bertram Barry because he is not a simple man. He actually played the game and deserve all the credits and acknowledgments here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. B Train, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good, and you're way too kind. The check is in the mail today, bro. You know, I love you. Thank you so much. Well, I don't know how much you're going to appreciate this because I need to remind you and everyone else that uh, one week from today, veterans report to State Farm Stadium for the start of training camp. I know that is, we've been talking about this now, it seems like, for several weeks, but we are getting closer and closer, B-Tran. I know how much you appreciate that report date. You know, the report date was always the toughest day for me, and I've, I've, I've made it known that I used to cry when we used to go up to Flagstaff. Every year we had to drive up to camp. I cried every single time because I knew what the sacrifice was going to be in order to be ready for the season. But once you get there around your teammates and you start getting that feeling and you smell the fresh cut grass, then you know it's time to go to work and everything gets pushed to the side and now it's time to focus 100% on the job at hand. So the first open practice, by the way, there'll be 12 open practices. The first open practice is Friday, July 30th at 8.30 in the morning. Go to azcardinals.com for the complete practice schedule because, yes, it is right around the corner. And B-Train, as we get closer and closer to that day, at least to start the show, we're going to start with the most important position on the football field, and that is the position of quarterback. And Kyle, this is actually perfect for you because I know how much you are a supporter of Kyler Murray and what he does on the football field with his arm and his legs. But B-Train, for you, you can never talk enough about the quarterback position, right, as I, as I try to poke the bear here a little bit this week. Hmm. There you go. Pokey, brother. But, you know, my, my thing is, is, for me, as a defensive lineman, it was my, fo- my focus. I was focused on the quarterback, but I wanted to hit it. You know, I'm not – have him necessarily be productive. But, of course, you want your own quarterback to be productive. And Kyler has done a great job in the first two years of really getting better each and every year. He's taken something uh, that he didn't do as well the year before, and, and he's increased and he's, he's improved on it. And so you want to see him take that next step. We've seen examples of this all across the league. And, of course, we, we're doing everything that we can from personnel, from scheme, to make sure – that he is ready to have a big-time season where he can make a possible push for MVP of the entire league. 
All right, Kyle, I know the answer to this. I've heard enough of your thoughts. I've read enough of your writings. But the next step that B-Train talks about with Kyler Murray, what is it for you? To me, it all comes down to the passing game and especially the intermediate level of the passing game because I think we've seen a really beautiful deep ball that Kyler Murray throws. He's obviously accurate and quick on those screen passes and the quick slants, but the intermediate level has been below average for the Cardinals last season and the year before. We know how good he is with his legs, and that threat is not going away. Teams have to game plan for Kyler Murray's legs. Even when they do, he can get loose and get 50, 60, 70 yards a game. But for this offense to take a jump, I truly think it's those intermediate passes, and those are the ones in rhythm. When you take the five-step drop or or the seven-step drop at certain times and, and look down the field and take those intermediate or deep shots, I think they have to connect on those more regularly and do it efficiently, and, and that's what I'm going to be watching all season long can the passing game take that next step and I know the stat that you look at a lot is the yards per attempt and Murray ranked 22nd last season 7.1 yards per attempt Deshaun Watson was number one at over eight now it doesn't sound like a big difference but it's the consistency and if you're consistent in that short intermediate passing game you're moving the sticks you're getting first downs you're moving the ball up and down the field yeah and I think 7.5 is is about league average as far as starting quarterbacks if he can get there combined with his legs I think the offense is going to be above average but he, he has to show it and it's not just Kyler Murray it's also the protection and the wide receivers getting separation good play calls it's a good combination of all this stuff and Kyler Murray has the arm talent I mean we've seen the accuracy we've seen what he can do but when defenses switch something when when the ball is snapped and they give you a look that you weren't expecting he's got to be able to diagnose that and and that's the big challenge but also he's learned the last two seasons so it wouldn't surprise me if he did take that jump and become a better passer in year three and that B train goes to just the experience aspect and seeing more football week in and week out yes you've all played a lot of football going back to Pop Warner and high school and college but these are exotic and very very experienced defenses and defensive coordinators that Kyler Murray and quarterbacks are going up against every week on Sundays Without question, and you can't forget the players themselves because those are going to be the biggest obstacles for Kyler Murray. And, and the thing that he has to learn, and I think he has learned to some degree, is that the players themselves are bigger, faster, stronger. You're not going to be the fastest guy all the time on the field. There's going to be defensive ends that can chase you down. There's going to be linebackers that can chase you down, and there's going to be defensive backs that can fool you. And I think as he continues to mature and as he continues to understand the game and play the games within the game, I think he's going to be a a much uh, more efficient quarterback and he's going to do things a lot better and and not have to work so hard in order to keep drives alive and and keep possessions uh, going and, and put points on the board ultimately. We'll get to what Kyler believes he needs to work on and improve going into year three. But right now, how about we hear from someone who played the game as well, Sam Ocho, a recent guest this offseason on the Big Red Rage, talking about where he can see Kyler Murray improving here in 2021. It was exciting seeing the ability of Kyler Murray, right? He's unbelievably talented Mm -hmm. but then you've got you have to go through that maturation process that we saw if you remember what russell wilson went through from here's his year one to here's year two in 2012 
Russell Wilson's first year, he was a solid quarterback, right? Wasn't doing outstanding, was trying to figure out how to read defenses. Well, 2013, 14, 15, he became this expert at reading defenses. And I think there comes a point where you get to play the biggest and the baddest and the best of the best. And you have to up your game, film watching and, and helping having someone teach him how to read defenses and not get trapped by by good coordinators. I think that's that's an area he can improve. Asked back in June where he thought he could get better as a quarterback. Kyle Murray said, quote, all aspects of the game. But then B-Train, he listed leadership taking care of the football and better accuracy throwing the football. I think we are in agreement of all three, and we touched on all three, but the leadership, the fact that that was mentioned first, do we take anything away from what Kyler said first and foremost as he makes his own list? Absolutely. You have to listen to a man and take him at his word. If he thinks leadership is the biggest area that he needs to improve on, then he understands what it takes to, or he's understanding what it takes to be a quarterback in the NFL. It's different than being a quarterback in high school and being a quarterback in college where you're the best player, you just go out there, you do your job, and everybody gives you your accolades, and, and, and that's that. Now there has to be that leadership where you're given the keys to the franchise and you have to go out there and make sure that you're setting that example for everybody else on that field because you've, got, you've been uh, given the, the – responsibility as far as being the guy under center and ultimately one day soon you're going to be given the financial pressure of of being the the front man of this organization whenever he signs his new new deal uh, he's going to be one he's going to be the highest paid player on the team so it's going to be imperative that he leads in, in every single aspect and, and I think he understands that more and I think he probably tried to ease himself into it being a rookie and starting and second year guy he understood what a lot of veterans on the team, there were guys already in place. And so now he has to assume that role, whether he's comfortable with it or not. And, and I think you've seen over the first two years, he wasn't always the most comfortable with it, but I think he's getting better at it. That press conference back in June, Kyle, he seemed to be a little bit more relaxed, a little bit more open and forthcoming. Now, again, it's June. There's not much going on as far as the the, the highs and lows of a regular season. But I did see a lot of growth in Kyler Murray as far as the person from year one to year two, because let's not forget, you know, the minute that Commissioner Roger Goodell announces that Kyler Murray is the first overall pick of the Arizona Cardinals, that spotlight, that burden was put on his shoulders, and it's a lot to ask of a young player, and I think sometimes we forget about that because we expect everything to go well from day one. Yeah, and I don't think uh, Kyler Murray is ever going to come out and do fiery speeches and be a big rah-rah guy because that's not his personality. But I look back at Buda Baker and the way he matured from his rookie season to year three or year four, he became more of a vocal leader. He became more comfortable. And what B-Train said made sense to me where, he, where Kyler Murray leads by example. Maybe he's not this big vocal guy, but if he shows that he's practicing hard and doing everything right and pushing this team towards success, success, grinding in the film room, doing all that stuff, the other guys are going to notice. You don't need to go in there 
and and pep talk somebody. I mean, a lot of these guys are 30 years old. They don't need you to to give them a pep talk. But I think if he shows that he's dedicated and he wants to reach superstardom and bring this team with him, guys will notice that. And in year three, obviously he's more comfortable now. So I am interested to see what that growth looks like on a leadership side. Well, one player, one quarterback that wore the Cardinals uniform that reached that status, Kurt Warner. He talked about the growth of Kyler Murray this offseason on the Big Red Rage. I think he just needs to grow in that mental side of understanding what he's seeing, making more of the layups, I like to call them, and and not having to live in that special world, which we know he can do those things. But even the Mm -hmm. best quarterbacks in the league that, that can do those things, the more they live in that world, the more their team struggles and the more they struggle as quarterbacks. The less they live in that world, meaning make the plays you're supposed to, and then give us four or five of those a game, those are the teams to me that really push the envelope and become playoff teams and even can become championship teams. And I think, Kyle, that is exactly what Kyler Murray wants to be, yet I think especially late last season, he felt he needed to do more. He needed to have those big plays, those home run plays, maybe all on his own in order for the offense to be successful and the team overall to be successful. Yeah, I mean, the the running game was um, drastically less efficient down the stretch and the passing game didn't make up for it. So you're right, it felt like Kyler Murray has to do special things for this offense to move and score points. And like Kurt Warner is saying, if you can get those chunk plays or even just the 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 intermediate passes down and and know which guy is going to be open on a specific play and even if it's six yards on first down that just helps you so much to be second and four instead of second and ten so getting to that point where he's always in a pretty comfortable position offensively and not looking at third and 11 trying to either make a great throw or a scamper 11 yards down the field for the first down any quarterback is going to struggle in third and long, and he has to stay out of that. We know he does have the special ability, but your options are limited when you're not moving the ball consistently down the field. So they definitely need to get more efficient on a down-to-down basis. It's trust, right, B-Train? If you trust your teammates to do what they're supposed to do, what they're asked to do, then all of a sudden this wheel, if you will, is moving down the hill and getting speed, and then all of a sudden you're seeing success on Sundays. That's what it's all about. The successful teams all trust each other, and the successful teams understand what their teammates are going to do. They they know their teammates. They spend time with their teammates. You don't have to be BFFs in order to be an effective team, but you have to have that respect. And trust and respect are two words that are usually synonymous with teams that win. The, the teams that are, are playing deep into January and early February are the ones that respect each other and, and they trust one another. And I think Last year, you, you saw, unfortunately, with the self-inflicted wounds, the, the, the false starts and the, and the penalties, those were things that, that were symbols of, of lack of trust. And they, they were doing things that were uncharacteristics. And so I, I look at this as an opportunity for this team to really understand who they are. And once they get that, that, that trust and respect for one another, then you're going to see this team really take off. The little things, something that Kyler Murray brought up a lot this offseason, especially during Super Bowl week with respects to doing things you're supposed to do and not shoot yourself in the foot. The penalties, the pre-snap penalties, and making sure everyone is on the same page. And I think it starts with the quarterback. One, recognizing it, and then two, as we've discussed here, leading by example. I don't think any of us believes Kyler Murray is going to stand on the table, so to speak, and sit there and try to rally everyone behind 
understand him. That's just not who he is as a player, and he doesn't have to be that type of player for this Cardinals team to be successful. Single game tickets are on sale now. Visit azcardinals.com slash game ticks. That's azcardinals.com slash game T-I-X. As we continue here, the other side of the ball, B-Train's side of the football, the defense. We'll get to that next here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. for the touchdown. Ball is free, knocked around, and it's controlled by Watt. Picked up, running with it to the 40, to the 30, to the 20. He's gone. Touchdown. What can he do? Bortles with time. Pops. Here comes Watt, and he breaks down Bortles in the end zone. J.J. Watt with the sack. Look out from behind. Here comes Watt, and second time he has gotten to the quarterback. Stafford back to pass. Looks, hooks it out left side. Intercepted by J.J. Watt, and he's going to take it in for a touchdown. It is the goal of every defense. Get to the quarterback by any means necessary. It doesn't always have to be a sack, but disrupt that quarterback's timing. And the addition of J.J. Watts, a healthy Chandler Jones, I'll throw in Jordan Phillips as well, getting him back for an entire full season. Things look very, very good, at least on paper, as far as this Cardinals defense going into 2021. As we continue here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report, Craig Rio, Luke Kyle Odegaard, and Bertram Berry talking about B-Train's favorite topic. No, it is not the quarterback, but it is getting to the quarterback. And certainly B-Train, when you have a J.J. Watt, who next to Chandler Jones, they are the best at sacking the quarterback over the last several years. It does look very, very good and does give Vance Joseph a number of different options he can play with with as far as what he wants to dial up every single week. And the biggest thing that it does is it gives your defensive backfield a little more time. And we know that there's going to be some new faces in that secondary, and, and we want to make sure that they have all the time that they need to, to flourish and blossom into the players that we hope that they can be in. Uh, you talk about youth at the linebacker position as well. So you need to have the veterans up front, the guys that are the first line of defense, if you will. And if they're able to, to – uh, make everybody else's job easier, then that's going to be the ideal situation for Vance Joseph and the rest of his defense. And uh, those those men have have uh, shown over the last ten years that they're fully capable of of making big plays for their teams. And so I know it's got to be exciting to to look up in the huddle and you got a fifty five and a ninety nine that that uh, on your team they wear the same colors as you. So it it, it, it should be exciting to see how this all unfolds. No one has sacked the quarterback more times since 2012 than Chandler Jones, 97 times, 61 of those in a Cardinals uniform. But even without Chandler Jones for much of last season, Kyle, this team was very good at getting to the quarterback. 48 sacks tied for the fourth most in the league. But I think that is going to be difficult to maintain if you don't have a Chandler Jones on the field. I think Coach Joseph, he did have to do some things differently and I think maybe found something in a Dennis Gardeck. But to ask that to be the norm without a superstar if you will at 
defensive line or outside linebacker that that might be too much to ask yeah I agree and, and big credit to Vance Joseph for orchestrating that because some of the blitz packages he had were very exotic and hard for the offensive line and the quarterback to figure out and it worked but you're right you can't rest on your laurels when you don't have that one guy who can consistently win in the pass rush and they knew okay we're getting Chandler Jones back if we bring in J.J. Watt and if we only want to rush four but we feel like those four can get pressure that's a huge boon for the, the cornerbacks and the safeties and the linebackers who are covering there's just more bodies uh, in the secondary and in the back end getting in throwing lanes covering guys and then when you want to bring those blitzes it just adds to it but not being reliant on the blitz I think is is the thing that every single defensive coordinators want they want it to be a luxury and at this point if if Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt stay healthy you should feel good about their ability to create constant pressure you drop seven meaning you bring four and all of a sudden you have seven guys that can cover whether that's a wide receiver a tight end or a running back out of the backfield a little bit easier for a defensive coordinator speaking of the defensive coordinator Vance Joseph on the Big Red Rage talked about the addition of J.J. Watt. When you watch our tape from last year, we had a lot of times where we had five guys rushing and they were one-on-one, you know, and we didn't win quick enough. You know, but with J.J. Mm-hmm. Watt, who can still win one-on-one, if they do that, he's going to win quickly and it's going to make our pass defense better. To your point, B-Train, if you have Chandler Jones, J.J. Watt, do you single cover? Do you double cover there as far as making sure they're not in your backfield? And then if you have a successful pass rush, then you make it easier for a secondary that there are some question marks, even with a, uh, you know, even with Byron Murphy in there being the guy, if you will. I do think that there is something to be said about if you can get to the quarterback, then all of a sudden it makes it easier for Murphy and everyone else, Malcolm Butler or Robert Alford, to do their job, maybe not for nearly as long as they would be asked to any other year. It's a numbers game. If you try to double J.J. Watt and leave Chandler Jones one-on-one, good luck with that. If you try to double J.J. Watt and leave Chandler Jones one-on-one, good luck with that. So I think you're going to have to get into a situation where you have potentially four guys rushing the football, rushing the passer, and then you've got to have five to six guys trying to block those four. So those odds are going to always be in the favor of the defense. As long as you're able to drop seven and they can only get you know, three or four guys out in the, in the route, then you have a much better chance of being successful. And their reputations precede them, but now they're going to have to go out there and show that at 30-plus they can still go out and get it done. You know, J.J. Watt is, is, has had uh, a lot of years of success, but we've got to see him do it in a Cardinals uniform. We can't just rely on what he did in years past we got to see it now because that's going to affect what this team does in 2021. So I'm, I'm as excited as anybody else. I can't wait to see these guys go at it. And you throw in Marcus Golden as well. I think it, it's going to be a very formidable front. But they've got to be able to, to stay healthy, as you talked about, and they've got to be able to do it in 2021 when the Arizona Cardinals need it the most. I'm glad you brought up Marcus Golden and the other name that we've talked about is Jordan Phillips and having him healthy in there, Kyle, because now all of a sudden you have to 
count for him as well. Remember what he did two seasons ago with the Buffalo Bills. I mean, he was one of those interior presents that got to the quarterback. I believe it was eight and a half sacks. And that is something that if you can have him and everyone stay healthy and knock on wood, it, you know, it's, it's, it's easy to say that now here in July and we'll see what happens once the season arrives. But if you can keep those guys on the field more times than not, then yeah, this can be a very good front seven. I think it's a big season for Jordan Phillips, who, like you said, had that one really impressive year in Buffalo. Prior to that, kind of middling seasons. Last year had the injuries, didn't make a huge impact for the Cardinals. And Cardinals gave him a pretty lucrative contract in free agency. They obviously think he can be that uh, regular pass rusher, and they expect it. And, yeah, if you can add him on the inside, I feel like interior pressure can be so important, even if you don't get the sacks. If you can push that pocket, make a quarterback feel uncomfortable, that can really mess up the timing of a route. So if him and J.J. Watt can do it on the interior, and, yeah, I think Marcus Golden might benefit more than anybody from this setup, like Bertrand's saying, Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt are going to get a bunch of attention from offensive line and from protection schemes. Marcus Golden one-on-one, if he can win the majority of those matchups and either sack the quarterback or, or get the pressure, that's going to help out the entire defense. So he, he's in a very good spot. I wouldn't be surprised if Marcus Golden, we look at the sack leaders, he's right up there because he's going to be in an advantageous position. Yeah, he re-signed this offseason, a two-year contract, started eight games, played in nine for the Cardinals last season. Linebackers coach Bill Davis, again, as we reference this offseason and the big Red Rage Coach Davis on where he believes this defense will improve the most with a J.J. Watt and a Chandler Jones and an upgraded pass rush. Our turnovers, I think, are going to increase. One of the things you get when you get the two, six, four inside backers who can move and run. Now as a quarterback, when you try to hide Lois and you've got a, a short little uh, stop route in, a, in, a, in an end behind it, trying to throw over those two inside. You, you're going to elevate your pass a little bit. The safeties are going to get more balls, I believe. I think there will be more tips and overthrows. And tips and overthrows in the NFL turn into interceptions. Those two interior linemen or linebackers that he's talking about, six foot five Zayvon Collins, six foot four Isaiah Simmons, and all of a sudden you throw those two players into the mix, B train, and yeah, I would expect to see more balls up in the air, whether that's a tip pass or perhaps in the waiting arms of a Malcolm Butler, Robert Walford, or Byron Murphy. I look, at, I look at the size of the defensive front, the front seven for the Arizona Cardinals, and they can maybe give the Suns some help as they <laughs> go into the finals. Because, I mean, this is a very tall lineup when you start looking at the individual players. But, yeah, size will, will matter. And it will affect the throwing lanes. It will affect the, the projection uh, of the balls that are being released by opposing quarterbacks. So, yeah, all those things are true that with Coach De- Coach Davis said, and but you, you have to go out there and you have to make yourself uh, formidable. You got to go out there and, and be in those passing lanes, and you got to get your hands up. and And it's going to be those little details that are going to mean the difference between tip balls and, and uh, interceptions and, and passes defended. So uh, we definitely want to get more turnovers this year from the passing game, and, and if that's in interceptions or sacks, fumbles, and recovering the fumble. I mean, however we can get them. You want as many as you can possibly get. And I think uh, with that front, there's going to be a lot of of opportunity for a lot of different players to contribute to this defense. And and I'm looking forward to seeing how this all 
takes place. I'm looking at this front on paper, B-Train, and you look at Zayvon Collins, 6'5", J.J. Watt, 6'5", Jordan Phillips, 6'6", Chandler Jones, 6'5". But to your point, B-Train, about maybe some help for the Suns, I don't know if you would get J.J. Watt on board with that, considering he's a Wisconsin boy (laughs) and uh, probably is uh, rooting for the uh, Milwaukee Bucks. But uh, he has been in attendance for Suns games in the postseason. So, But, uh, yes, a formidable front court. The Arizona Cardinals could certainly put on the court in 2021, but we want to see that on the football field. Subscribe to Arizona Cardinals Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Listen to your favorite shows on the go, like Cardinals Underground, The Big Red Rage, and, of course, this show, the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information. We've hit halftime here. It is the Cardinals Red Sea Report on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Just gets the shotgun snap, gives it to Connor, sweeps the left side, got a block at the 10, Connor to the 5, Connor to the goal line, and in for the touchdown! James Connor sweeping the left side, takes it in from 12 yards out. Hodges will throw to Connor out of the backfield, makes a man miss, and it's at the 20. Connor down the sideline to the 10, and he's going to walk it in for the touchdown! The one-two punch. Chase Edmonds, James Conner. At least that's what we anticipate happening here in 2021. As we welcome you back here to the Cardinals Red Sea Report, Craig Rio, Luke Lodegaard, and Bertram Berry. As we just discuss this team just ahead of the start of training camp, one week from today, players report to State Farm Stadium. As we talked about at the start of the show, go to azcardinals.com for the list of the open practices. There are 12 open practices this season. And the fact that we're talking about running backs, I think, Kyle, is uh, is perfect timing here because as you continue your position overview heading into training camp, the position you highlighted today on azcardinals.com is this running back position. And the question that we all want to know, and I don't think we'll ever get an answer until maybe the season begins or halfway through the season, is how do you split these carries between Edmonds and Connor. Yeah, I think we could take an educated guess at this point. You're right. We're not going to exactly know what they're thinking, and some of it will be game flow, depending if you're winning, if you're losing, the packages you're in. But after watching Chase Edmonds last season, I feel like he was one of your most explosive skill players on the team, and I don't want to take away too many of his touches. I think maybe if we're looking at playing time, my prediction would be 65% of the time Chase Edmonds is on the field, 35 for James Conner, something like that. I think from a carries perspective, it might be pretty even and maybe even James Conner a little bit more, but Chase Edmonds is going to be a significant part of this passing game. He was so good at it last year. Anytime you're in a, a spread situation, I think Chase Edmonds is on the field and Kyler Murray is going to be looking for him. And that's the one difference, maybe the, the biggest difference between Edmonds and Connor is Chase's ability out of the backfield. He had the third most catches on the team last season with 53. Be trained for you. How do you see this working out? And I know sometimes down in distance and where they are on the field will kind of dictate who gets the touches, if you will. But if you're going to look at the end of 2021, how do you see this arrangement working out? I really see Chase Edmonds being the guy that you see the first three quarters who is going to be dynamic in passing game, as Kyle just talked about, and the running game. But then when you start talking about closing teams out, you get into the four-minute drill. 
then you're going to see a lot of James Conner, a more physical brand of runner, a guy that can get you those tough yards. You're going to need those third and twos, uh, fourth and ones to try to keep the game moving, assault the, the clock away. And I see him being a big factor uh, down the stretch for the Cardinals when you start talking about the second half of the game and, and really trying to close teams out and, and really punish them from a physical running game standpoint. Well, this question was asked of head coach Cliff Kingsbury. How does he see Connor and Edmonds kind of sharing or at least dividing up the carries this season? You know, James brings a tough physical downhill um, running attack that he's been a proven, uh, you know, tough yard runner in this league since he, he got into it. And the, the thing I, I like most about him and Chase is their approach to the game. They're as serious as you can be out on that field. Uh, ultra competitors, and, and they're going to push each other and give us a, a real one-two punch that I think is going to really help us. Edmonds five nine two ten, Connor six one two thirty three. So they are different running backs. B train yet. I don't think there's going to be a problem, if you will, in that locker room. Yes, winning will solve a lot of that, but based off what we know of Chase Edmonds, what we've heard and read about James Conner, these two players want one thing, and that is to win on Sundays no matter what it's going to take. Yes, everyone wants to be involved, but I think if this team is successful, then that will just kind of take care of everything. It will take care of everything, and the one thing that both these men don't possess they don't they don't possess super bowl ring so they've got to go out and make sure that they're doing everything that they can to win first and then you can start worrying about individual stats and and my career and and all of these different things but i think they both have the right mentality to be able to go out there and say hey i gotta help the team win by doing my job on this play when my number's called and they give me the ball i've got to make something happen with the ball in my hand and who knows how many times that's going to be during the course of a game you can't worry about that but you got to make the reps count and not count the reps now i know kyle you had a chance this offseason to talk with chase edmonds about this opportunity specifically for him he's waited behind Kenyon drake david johnson now it's not been handed to him but now he has the opportunity to be quote unquote the guy if you will at least be the starting running back with that opportunity i know he's very very excited about it yeah he said he's ready to run through a wall for the opportunity so like he said he's been waiting for several seasons and wasn't sure if he was going to get this type of chance and it's certainly sitting there right in front of him James Conner is a good running back but if Chase Edmonds performs like he did last season I think we all agree that he's going to be the featured back and getting most of the touches so it's a, a crucial season for him to show that he can handle that type of workload because like you said he is a smaller guy and running backs take a lot of punishment. Every single time you carry the ball, you're getting hit pretty hard usually. So can he show that he can shoulder that load consistently and and not lose the the burst that he's shown all of last year? And if he can do so, then he sets himself up for a contract extension with this team or reaching free agency at the end of the year. So certainly a, a very big year for Chase Edmonds. And he was very interested in what the Cardinals were going to do this offseason. They didn't go out and drafts a running back they did sign one but it wasn't the first wave of free agency it was later in free agency which I too I do think speaks to what they believe Chase Edmonds is capable of doing yeah Cliff Kingsbury has always spoken so highly of him even last year in training
training camp. He says, I feel like we have two starters, even though Kenyon Drake had such a good season the year before and was coming in as the unquestioned starter. He always talked up Chase Edmonds. And yeah, it wasn't just empty words because we saw what they did in the offseason. They could have signed a premier running back. They could have taken a Najee Harris in the first round to be their running back for the next several seasons. But they believe in Chase and now he just has to prove it on the field. You do have Connor in the backfield and I do think we'll see a lot of him but that dynamic in the locker room these two players are excited about working with one another and when the, within this Cardinals offense here's James Conner talking about just that I just think explosive I mean just the weapons that that uh that we have Chase doing his thing already and so you know I was watching film I'm like man this dude he can he can ball and I want to you know learn from him be a part of it and just get to work with him with Chase and so you know, ain't no telling. I can't predict nothing, but I know what I can guarantee is I'm going to come in here and work day in and day out, put my head down and grind, and, you know, I'm in it for the long haul. So 17-game season, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And that B-Train speaks to what you talked about earlier as far as having the right mindset. But in this day and age in the National Football League, you do need two running backs, maybe even a third, because I think that bell cow, if you will, that's going to get 30, 35 touches a game, those 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 running backs are few and far between. Yeah, you don't have many of those guys anymore. And, and you, you've seen the Alvin Kamars, the Christian McCaffreys, the, the, the Saquon Barkley's, even though he's a little thicker version of those two, those are the type of backs that you're starting to really see emerge as as the guys in the NFL. And, and yeah, you need to give them uh, a little bit of a break here and there. You don't want them to carry about 30 times because even though they're tough as nails and you, you want to go into battle with them, you still have to be realistic and, and their body structure doesn't allow for them to carry the ball that many times. And, and I think if you have two veterans like we have uh, with, with Chase and Connor, then I think it's going to work beautifully. And they'll they'll feed off of each other and they'll push each other for greatness. And I think there's always going to be strength in numbers. And, and as long as you have one guy that can pick up the slack, then I think it's going to be advantageous because, unfortunately, injuries do play a part in, in the NFL as well. And, and you don't want to be caught with, with uh, a bunch of guys that are just guys at running back position, you really need that running back to take the pressure off of Kyler Murray, and, and you've got two in, in, in these two individuals that can, can really help Kyler out and helping the team move the ball down the field. And it is going to be interesting, B-Train, as far as a third running back. Is that Eno Benjamin? Is that Jonathan Ward? And we have to account for Kyler Murray and his running ability as well. I don't think we want him running maybe as much, just maybe more efficiently. And when it allows within the flow of the offense. But that number three running back, I think that's going to be something to pay attention to once training camp begins. Who can emerge, or does this team have to go out and find a third running back? I look at it, and, and yeah, you want to have three. You want to have as many great players as you can, but in the words of the immortal DJ Rob Bass and Easy Rock, it takes two. It takes two to make things go right, and I think for the Cardinals, they're going to really rely on the top two guys. Now, the third guy can come in and be that special teams guy and really spell them if, if, if things get, get really serious and, and you need somebody out of the passing game to, to be a mismatch and, and be covered by a linebacker or something of that nature. But I really think two is going to be that magic number for the Cardinals this year, especially when you talk about the running game, because you're going to see a lot of the ball go down the field quite a bit with all the new weapons Kyler has at his disposal. And I really believe that third guy, his primary role is going to be helping on special teams and maybe 
three or four carries during the course of the game or maybe three receptions out of the backfield. Yeah, and to B-Train's point, Kyle, it's with this offense and it being pass first, which is what most offenses are in the NFL these days, they want that ball in the hands of DeAndre Hopkins, A.J. Green, Christian Kirk, Rondell Moore. They want to throw the football in, but if you're getting a lead, then all of a sudden maybe we do see more of that ground attack. Yeah, I think that's why James Conner is important, where if you get the lead, as as Bertrand talked about, salting it away or the, the, the short yardage type stuff. So it's it's obviously still a, a pass-friendly offense, and I think with Rondale Moore and with A.J. Green coming in to pair with Christian Kirk and DeAndre Hopkins, you've got probably better options this season than you have the first two years of Cliff Kingsbury's tenure. Um, so we'll see how much they want to run, but – Knowing what Kyler Murray can do with his legs, I think it's always going to be a pretty significant part of this offense and knowing that defenses have a hard time deciding on that zone read, how to defend it. So I think it's a good spot for Chase Edmonds and James Conner where you're usually going to have one fewer person in the box worried about you because that defensive end will sometimes just watch Kyler Murray. Uh, So it's a good spot for them. And and if Chase Edmonds and James Conner can take advantage of it, then this offense can get back to what it was doing near the end of 2019. Yeah, this offense has run the football very well the last two seasons. It just bogged down. It wasn't as efficient, especially late in the second half of 2020, and that you want to see a little bit more consistent in something Sean Kugler, now the new run game coordinator slash offensive line coach, has talked about as well because the run does set up the pass, and we do know what kind of a passing attack this team potentially can do here in 2021. Season 4, Episode 3 of the Emmy Award-winning series Cardinals Flight Plan is available now via the Cardinals YouTube channel. Flight Plan brings you behind the scenes of the Cardinals featuring exclusive footage and interviews. Go to youtube.com slash azcardinals. Just hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any of the action. This is the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Goff under center with Woods, wide to the right. Now in motion right to left, Goff takes. Hand off Akers off the left side, down to the five, and into the end zone for the touchdown. Good hard run by the rookie out of Florida State. A nine-yard touchdown. Well, certainly the news of the day in the National Football League, outside of what Aaron Rodgers is or is not going to do, we at least got some diversion with that, but it was not good news. Dave Patch there on the play call. Cam Akers, done for the season, suffered a torn Achilles during training. The Rams confirmed that initial report this morning. It's a huge blow. The leading rusher for the Rams a year ago as a rookie, 625 yards on the ground, 106, by the way, combined in the two games against the Cardinals. And yes, you can look at, okay, well, you still have Daryl Henderson, but don't forget Malcolm Brown. He is now with the Miami Dolphins. So there is a hole there, Kyle, for the Rams offensively. But by all accounts, the same reports that the Rams right now are going to stick with what they have as opposed to going out and trying to find someone to fill Akers' spot. 
Yeah, first and foremost, you feel bad for someone like that who did look like he was going to burst onto the scene this season and maybe have a nice year, and to lose a season is is rough for anybody. Um, I, I do think running back is a position where you're able to find somebody, not quite at the quality of a starting level back, but you can make it work. This isn't a quarterback or a wideout or an edge rusher or an offensive tackle. I mean, This isn't a premium position, so I think the Rams can – deal with it and get past it it doesn't help but we'll just see what happens like if a entire position group gets hit pretty hard and now if if the Rams lose Henderson then you're starting to get a little bit in trouble but I think one running back you're going to be able to you know deal with decently well because of the position and, and because there are options on the team or on the free agent market Cardinals will play the Rams for the first time week four, Sunday, October 3rd in L.A. B-Train, the one bright spot for this as you kind of look for something, if at least this happens early enough for the Rams to kind of figure out what they want to do moving forward and it's not a in-season injury or a mid-season injury to where maybe it does throw a big wrench into what Sean McVay wants to do with Matthew, Th- with Matthew Stafford leading that offense. Yeah, you feel bad for Cam because he was all he was doing was getting himself ready for the season, and there's plenty of guys around the NFL that are doing the same thing. It's unfortunate, and as you said, Craig, it's it's good that he does it now because it's not going to affect two seasons for himself. Yeah, you want you don't want to see your uh, your opponents in a division rival, uh, you know, be at full strength, but you don't want it to be like this. You, you want to have their their full repertoire, and you just want to go out and beat them and. and when it's all said and done, we're, we're all one big brotherhood, no matter what team you play for. And you don't want to see guys lose a season, and, like Kyle said. And, and, and that's just tough, especially knowing all the work he's put in leading up to this point. And to get here a week before you start the season and, and, and you're done, uh, that, that's, that's, that's gut. That, 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 that tears your heart out. And you, you just feel bad for him and hope that he makes a full recovery and he can come back full strength in 2022. 49ers also dealing with injury at the running back position. Jeff Wilson suffered a knee injury this offseason. He's going to miss the start of the season. I don't know how much of the start. So every team deals with these. Kyle, it's just what do you have on your roster to overcome these injuries whenever they might occur? Yeah, I mean, you look back at every single season and injuries play such a big role in the eventual results. And we try to project what we can now, but can J.J. Watt stay healthy for this team and Chandler Jones? And obviously you want Kyler Murray to play every single game and every team has to have quarterback health to have success. So injuries are going to happen. It's inevitable for every team, but what positions do they hit and how severe will it be? Don't have to tell the Niners, who have been through it a lot in recent years. A player's best ability? Availability. And we'll be available for everyone in one week's time. B-Train, you ready to report to training camp? One week from today, players report training camp right around the corner. Shed some tears, B-Train. I'll be there. I'll shed the tears, but I'll be ready. (laughs) Special thanks behind the scenes. Senior broadcast manager and producer Jim Omohundro, technical director Cody Fincher. For Bertram Berry, Kyle Lodegaard filling in for Mike Jarecki. I'm Craig Riolu. This is the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network.
You've been listening to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Middle of the field of the end zone. Kirk, he got it. He's in. Touchdown. Buda Baker with the sack. Stripped the ball. Murray's going to score. Touchdown. Oh, baby. The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by the Arizona Cardinals mobile app. Visit azcardinals.com slash app. Touchdown. Cardinals win. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club. Oh.